Hello, and welcome to the podcast of A Chocolate Box Irish Wedding. My name is Josie Riviera, and I'm the author of the book, A Chocolate Box Irish Wedding. My narrator is Allison Buller. Are you looking for a sweet and wholesome romance? Do you feel like too many romances feature young heroes and heroines? This romance is a realistic and heartwarming story about an older, more mature couple proving that age is only a number and that everyone deserves a second chance. I've also set this book in the beautiful country of Ireland. Through this podcast, I'm bringing you the contents of my book. Each episode will cover a new chapter, sort of like an audiobook. I hope you like it. Chapter 2 The following morning, Kira sat in an oversized Adirondack chair on the O'Brien's spacious lawn. Moss grew on the weathered walls of the house and the thatched roof drooped at the eaves. A string of holiday lights wound around each window, a cheerful reminder of the upcoming festivities. The scent of dew hung in the air, the grass damp from an earlier rain. She regarded the stone markings at the front of the O'Brien property, the adjacent fields dotted by sheep, the sparkling waters of the Irish Sea. Hello, Kira. A deep voice called. Colum came from behind, covered her eyes with his hands, then immediately removed them. Guess who? Her stomach fluttered, and she bit down on her lips to hide her smile. She admired his easygoing walk as he stepped around to face her. He was a man comfortable in his own skin, whereas she considered herself too tall and ungainly. That was easy. She teased. You could have given me another minute to guess. I assumed you'd know it was me right away. He grinned. May I begin our day by complimenting you, because you are gorgeous. Thank you. She dressed in jeans and a red wool sweater and twisted her hair back into a casual bun. She'd fussed with her appearance in anticipation of seeing him. Were you comfortable sleeping in your childhood bedroom again? She asked. The sea air is a balm. Without fail, I sleep well in Wexford. He dropped into the chair beside her and yanked out a cigarette. It's a surprise, I. The fact you're still smoking. You vowed to quit when you were a teen. Over three decades later, and I constantly try to quit. Although it's obvious I'm unsuccessful. He granted a rueful smile. You never liked it. Still don't. I defer to your wishes, then. He slipped the cigarette back into his pocket, then rolled up the sleeves of his jean jacket. How can you dance and do that to your lungs? As he smirked at her response, she studied him. His arms were athletic and muscular his physique toned and fit in slim-fitting black pants and a grey-knit sweater. She remembered when he'd held her at this very spot on a similar breezy morning, a few days before she'd departed for London, a few days before New Year's Eve. 
She shifted her gaze to the water. So what's a surprise? Your mum is marrying my dad, he said. A gala event to begin the holidays. The best time of the year. Christmas and New Year's, she replied. In fact, the entire month of December. The season isn't special for me, although I'm thankful for the adorable children I teach. The look on their faces is priceless because they're so excited. She gestured to the O'Brien's home. The natural holly wreath hung on the back door. We used to leave sacks by the fireplace on Christmas Eve, remember? In the hopes the sacks would be filled with toys on Christmas Day, he chuckled. Then we'd set out milk and bread on the kitchen table. In our house we'd opt for a pint of Guinness and mince pies. She sighed, the memories poignant. My mum has been alone since my father died. Similarly for my dad when my mum passed away. I recall that day. Kira had searched for Colum and discovered him sitting by the shore, his arms around his knees, his face wet with tears. At fourteen years old, he'd been embarrassed she'd found him crying, for he despised weakness in himself. His shoulders were drooped and his voice a whisper, but he'd finally relented and invited her to stay. In return, she'd offered consolation and her undying loyalty. Boys don't cry, he'd stated. But men do, she'd assured. Real men aren't ashamed to shed tears and show their emotions. Our parents have been friends for years, Colum was saying. Like us, she folded her lips together. Why had she spoken the words aloud? Until you left. Colum hadn't uttered a sound, but judging from his tightened expression, she could read his thoughts. They'd been inseparable. That's what happened when you were next-door neighbors. She fingered the sleeves of her sweater. I realize my departure from Wexford was sudden. He shrugged. You know why. Too edgy to sit still, she shifted. There were goals I wanted to accomplish before we settled down. Shall we give it a name? He asked. What? She sat straighter. Me leaving? Let's call it the demise of a friendship. She flinched, as if his statement was a physical blow, even more so because of the slight catch in his tone. He'd been hurt. For years they'd planned to attend the same university in a neighboring town. That had only taken place for one semester. They'd pledged to stay in touch, although the busyness of life had taken hold. I said I would wait for you. His voice was quiet and solemn. However, it was you who declared that we were young and couldn't plan our lives around a final commitment. Not once did you demand that I abandon my dreams. I wanted you to ride your rising career to the top, he said. I never would have taken your achievements away. Why? Did he love her so much that her happiness was more important than his? She waited for him to say more. When he didn't, she searched his handsome face, although his features were remarkably bland. You accomplished your dream, she finally said. Which dream was that? Dancing professionally. 
You lifted those ballerinas effortlessly into the air. How many dancers can claim that? All credited to thousands of hours of rehearsals and workouts. He quirked a silvery-gray eyebrow. Did you ever attend any of my performances? No, not live, but I discovered YouTube. He looked pleased. Something stirred in the fathomless depths of his green eyes, and her heart rate doubled. You watched clips? He inquired. Aye. More than clips. She'd watched his full performances. And you? He shoved his hands into his pockets. Did you find what you were looking for? For a while, until I grew too old to model. You're not old. High fashion modeling is extremely competitive. The wind pushed her hair back. When I was awarded a generous contract from an exclusive agency, I couldn't turn it down. And off to England you went. You hightailed it out of here before the New Year's bells rang. She should have felt cornered by his statement, defensive, but this was Colum. She'd known him since they were children. She knew his nature. He was her constant companion, and she'd confided everything to him. You're asking me to apologize? She fixed him with a level gaze. I did on numerous occasions. How could I start our life in Wexford when London beckoned? True. He watched the sea, and she followed his stare. The water was calm, the salty breeze conjuring images of picnics, wicker hampers stuffed with sausage sandwiches, sliced apples, and spice cake, while herring gulls squawked overhead. Fame and fortune, Kiki, he said. Both are heady sensations. Kiki. Her cheeks warmed. She'd nearly forgotten his nickname for her. I craved more. She swallowed and lifted her chin. The excitement of a sizable city and glamorous occupation. Wexford is... He swept out his hands. Adorable. You didn't stick around either, she pointed out. No reason to. Because of her? She pondered whether she should ask him. She didn't. I never congratulated you on your success, he went on. Or rather, I did, but you didn't respond. I'm sorry. I was wrong not to answer your letters. Those precious letters. Every word had broken her heart. But she couldn't write back. It would have only broken his heart. She'd established a new world so different from his in only a matter of months. Nonetheless, his letters had slid from her fingers as she'd sat in her tiny London flat and wept. Joy to hear from him, bittersweet longing for leaving him behind, and the injustice of a demanding career that had initiated their separation. She sighed. My work was exhausting, and I hardly had a moment to breathe. He greeted her explanation with a quick nod. They'd been best friends. No, more than that. They'd been first loves. I'm standing up in the wedding, Kira navigated to a safer subject and offered a modest bow. I'm the matron of honor. I'm the best man. Your father spoke of your obligations in Farthing, she said. 
I wasn't expecting to see you. Colum's occasional trips to Wexford over the years never had seemed to correspond with hers. Sean, a young lad who is like a nephew to me, continually needs my help, Colum replied. I met him through Patrick Chavez, an American newsman who traveled to Dublin to feature a story on an outreach ballet program. Nowadays, Sean's graphic design business is doing fairly well, and he moved into his own flat. I packed his fridge with food, a matter of great importance to a twenty-something. Typical column, she reflected, forever helping people whenever possible. Is Sean independent? She asked. He's getting there. Colum pulled his hands from his pockets and stared down at them. I worry for him, though. I want him to be successful. I remember how you repeatedly volunteered at the homeless shelter in town and then organized plays for the children. You gave graciously of your expertise and talents. I tried. Help, Sean, but don't give him handouts. He grinned. Advice now, Kira. I speak from experience as a mother of two adult daughters who are often headstrong. I continued to indulge them for years, which was a mistake. She ran a hand through her hair. Do you own a home in Farthing? Renting is better for me, Colum replied. My savings are stable, although I'm not wealthy. I just bought my own place. Congratulations. Where? Take a glance to your right. He turned. Your mum's grand cottage? She's moving in with your dad after the wedding, so I figured, why not? It's my childhood home. Plus, I'm here to care for our parents as they age. He leaned toward her and gave a heavy nod. Aging is definitely a fact of everyday life. And it will be a comfort for them to have you next door. Their well-being is important, both physical and emotional. I... He shot a rueful grin. And convenient when you need a cup of sugar. I don't bake, Kira beamed. I sew. Right, how could I forget? Colum offered a bemused chuckle. I rang my father about my change of plans before he requested someone else to be the best man. Who would he ask? A cousin, maybe. Can't think of anyone who is suitable, though. You work in Farthing. She'd already asked too many questions. She had at least a dozen more. She was so comfortable, so at ease conversing with him. I'm an instructor at Miss Clara's School of Dance, he replied. Primarily, I teach preschoolers, and I love that age. Sweet ages. Someday, I fancy directing a public theater for adults and children. Underprivileged? Aye, and also open to anyone in the community. In Farthing? I haven't decided. You never married, she said. Never had children. My longest relationship lasted all of eight months. I wasn't a particularly attentive partner while I concentrated on my career. With a non-committal nod, he added, Wexford was abuzz when you wed your agent in London. You were only twenty at the time. Henry was several years older. By two decades, Colum corrected. A sophisticated man, I assume. Her face heated with the pain of the recollection. He introduced me to a glittery circle. 
I thought of you when I met his friends at posh parties. We would have had a laugh at their uppity airs. He grinned and leaned closer. And your daughters are now almost thirty. I always wanted children, he said. Twin daughters? One would have been fine. His tone softened. Two are better. Yet you never married. Kira stammered with her response. When Colum studied her with those mesmerizing eyes, she forgot all rational thought. You'll meet my girls. They're flying in from London. They'll miss the ceremony because of work, but will stay for a while afterwards. Through Christmas and New Year's? They both have significant others in London, so I doubt it. I'm leaving a couple days after the service. I'm teaching several dance classes, then overseeing a holiday recital for the little ones after Christmas. The students have been preparing for months. You'll miss Christmas in Wexford, then. I hope to decorate my shop and my new home as soon as our parents are wed. Her brows knitted. Will you return for New Year's? Perhaps. Assiduously, he avoided her gaze. Remember the fun we had on New Year's Eve? Gently, he touched her arm. Our families would visit for nibbles and drinks. And beforehand, my mum would clean the house from top to bottom to signify a fresh start for the upcoming year. May I confess something? She asked. Column automatically seemed to tense at her question. Of course. On New Year's Eve, I placed a mistletoe under my pillow, she said. In the hopes of seeing your future partner in your dreams, he peeked at her left hand. She'd taken her wedding band off years ago. Is your husband... Henry and I divorced when our daughters finished primary school. Kira rubbed the back of her neck. We only stayed in a polite agreement that long for the children's sake. Was it the right decision? Each couple's choice is personal and involves many factors. From my experience, I should have left him sooner. Her marriage had been a slow deterioration of her self-confidence. As soon as her career had fallen to a standstill, Henry lost interest in her. He'd also worn away her independence and monitored her calories. Colum glanced up and motioned toward the shore, extending a wave and a smile. She followed his gaze to their parents, Cheryl and Richard, both in their late seventies, strolled arm in arm by the water's edge. Her mum wore a wide-brimmed straw hat and billowy yellow floral dress. Colum's father was stout and fit, as well as green-eyed, good-humored, and engaging. It gladdened Kira's heart to see their smiles. Love occurred at any age, she supposed, just not for her. She'd never been content in her marriage, even before Henry's verbal abuse. Had she been forever seeking the right man? She dated after her divorce, but no sparks. Her chest filled with regret as she met Colm's gaze. He'd been her first love. Had he been her true love? Divine weather, he was saying. No rain in the forecast. She managed a radiant smile. Let's hope the sun shines for the wedding. It's risky planning an outdoor ceremony in December. 
column noted, Wexford is considered the sunny southeast of Ireland. Besides, they're renting a tent with heaters for the reception. They can dash inside if need be. Good thing. There is constantly a threat of showers in an Irish forecast. Or a downpour, she inserted. He stood and peered at the blue sky, the stretch of wispy white clouds. Will you join me for a coffee in town, just like we used to? When we were supposed to be in class. We'd have the crack. A good laugh and loads of fun. He chuckled. She remembered that chuckle, rich and pure and inviting. We were a rascally pair, ducking out of school early. She held up a hand. Speak for yourself. Oh, half the time you initiated our adventures. We'd pool our lunch money, hop on a bus, and eventually land at Michael D's, whiling away the afternoon over scones and coffee and homework. Homework? He smiled. Once in a while. I dine at Michael D's often. His smile wavered. I'm trying to get my head around the fact that all this time I assumed you still lived in London. I own a dressmaker shop a few doors down from Michael D's, she explained. In fact, I designed my mum's wedding dress. Care to take a peek? Isn't it bad luck to see the bride's dress before the wedding? Only if you're the groom. She accepted his extended hand and got to her feet. Don't take any photos to show your dad. You're the one who could never keep a secret, chatterbox. She gave his shoulder a playful nudge as they began walking. And you were quiet. So many memories. Conflicting emotions flashed across his well-defined features, his sharp cheekbones that reminded her of a proud Roman warrior. His gaze locked with hers, a silent communication. He knew her so well. She'd never been at a loss for words, and they'd sit for hours. Column attentive and encouraging, while she chatted endlessly. She'd become a famous designer, and he'd continue volunteering and open a performing arts school. Perhaps they'd marry in the winter, a Christmas wedding, or New Year's. Their lives had taken such different paths. But what if... No, no, no. She refused to play the what-if game. What's the name of your shop? Colum asked. Kira's Wexford Boutique. They stepped onto a stone path, lingering to appreciate the buds of holly and pansies blooming up from the cold ground. You loved fashion. Colum paused to pick a bouquet handing the flowers to her. You made me a shirt once. She sniffed, savoring the fragrant scent. He'd frequently slip her a spray of cowslip or clover or shamrocks, depending on the season. I sewed the shirt from jersey cotton fabric and a pre-made sewing pattern, she replied. It was tight on you. I wore it often. Only so you wouldn't hurt my feelings. He'd ignored teasing from the other boys and had worn her handmade shirt with pride. He constantly looked out for her, her protector. He wanted to make her happy. 
You sewed this for me, Kiki, he'd asked with a broad smile when she'd presented it to him. It's brilliant. He'd tugged it over his dog-eared T-shirt. He was tanned and muscular by then, on the cusp of adulthood, nearing 18. The shirt hadn't been brilliant, an amateur's attempt at sewing and design, boasting a bold Hawaiian pattern of multicolored birds and leaves. Nevertheless, her interest in fashion, encouraged by column, had thrived. Is your shop successful? He stood so close, the warmth of his skin heated her own. She inhaled the crisp scent of the sea. Knowing him, he'd probably gone for a swim at sunup. He still had the muscular build of his younger self, his profile lithe yet solid. His eyes were a mossy green, reminding her of the color of the forest after a hard rain. His hair was salt and pepper, raked short and sideswept. I'm happy, she acknowledged. I've come to realize this idyllic wee town is my home. For me, happiness constitutes success. Ah, living in Wexford. She frowned. Is there a problem? Little towns are ideal for many chaps, he exhaled. However, the country character here, coupled with my recollections of the old ways... You find fault with our traditions? Our folklore? Some of it. Nonetheless, a large city offers more theatre and restaurant choices. He winked. Plus, no one remembers me as an awkward adolescent. You were a pro in every sport, whereas I, all legs and arms. I hope you enjoyed this chapter of my book, A Chocolate Box Irish Wedding. Please send me a message at josieriviera at aol.com and let me know. I also have a free sweet romance if you subscribe to my newsletter. Just go to josieriviera.com and thank you for listening.